Did you ask Pop that question? Let's do it. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. An incident happened in high school and all that was taken away. No other teams, no other schools were recruiting me anymore. My mom went to Georgetown and begged him to give me a chance. And he did. Think that you're the best football player in the world, which I did, and to be and to be sitting up here as a Hall of Famer in basketball. You tell me God ain't good. After I left Georgetown, I was a high basketball player. I had a <laughs> I had I had talent, but once I started to listen, listen to Larry Brown, I learned that uh, how much of a great, great coach that he is. Larry That's Brown. when I became an MVP. That's when I became an all-star. That's when I made first team All-NBA. Once I got the message from him and I followed his lead all the way. Man, Dr. J. I got to Philadelphia, and man, those were some big shoes to fill a size 10 foot. You know, he was always supportive of me throughout my career, always gave me words, wisdom. He's a great, great man, and some old school dude, too. <laughs> I remember coming home from school one day, and my beautiful mom said you're going to basketball practice. Like, that's why I ain't going to basketball practice. Basketball is soft. You know what I mean? I play football. I'm a football player. I said, where you going? And I remember my, I cried and I screamed and kicked and clawed and I had to be dragged to practice. I got to practice and I saw all the guys that played on my football team there. So from that point, I played basketball. So I have my mom to thank for that. Um. In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, sports fans everywhere, I introduce Hall of Famer, my friend and a gentleman I've called an angel, the good reverend, Metal Ark Lemon. No man has ever made more people happy or entertained more people in the sport of basketball. And you did it with a style and a grace that made all of us proud. Hallelujah. That means that I, I love you. I, I've had a great run. It's been wonderful. Right on back, it's time to light up. It's time to light up. This is, this is when it. When I was 11 years old, I used to go to the, the Ritz Theater every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. And uh, we had to be back home at, uh, at 8. In the Ritz Theater, we would watch five cartoons, three westerns, and anything else they put on there. We saw the Green Hornet sometime. We, we saw the Batman without Robin. 
And then we got the newsreel because in those days we didn't have television. If you had television, you were rich. And nobody in my block was rich, so we didn't have any television. We we got the news from the newsreel every Saturday morning, and we would stay in the Rich Theater and watch it over and over. My dad would give me enough money to buy a piece of Washington pie, which was old bread pudding, not bread pudding. Bread pudding. You see, there's a difference to it. It was real heavy, and and when you mix that RC cola with it. Something supernatural would happen way down inside. And I could stay in the rich theater all day long and watch the runs all over and over again. But this one day I saw this basketball team. You see, in my neighborhood, we didn't play basketball because we say it was a no-touch sport. So we wanted to play touch sports. We played baseball. We didn't throw the ball across the plate. We threw it at each other. But this particular day, I saw these men in, in the dressing room. They were singing and they were playing their music and they were putting their tennis shoes. We didn't have sneakers. They were tennis shoes. They were not pumps. They were not. They didn't pumps. cost 150. And we still made it out all right. They walked to the basketball court and when they got to the basketball court, they seemed to make that ball talk. I said, "That's I mine. Said, That's this mine. is for me." This is for me. I was receiving a vision. I was receiving a dream in my heart. And I left the Ritz Theater early that day to get home so I could learn how to play basketball. And when I got home, I didn't have any place to play. I made my own out of a, a coat hanger, an onion sack. A coat hanger, an onion sack. And I nailed it up across the street on a tree. And there was a big there iron, a big pipe, iron out there. pipe out there. For my basketball, I had a carnation milk can. And I grabbed that pole and I'd swing around and I'd learn how to shoot that hook shot. Shoot that hook shot. I'd be out there every day until they let me into the boys' club. Boys and Girls Club of, of Wilmington, North Carolina. I was receiving a vision, I was receiving a dream in my heart. That hook shot, that hook shot. Hagen, where are you? Shoot that hook shot. Oh, you had a smooth hook shot, man. Shoot that hook shot. Kareem. Kareem. Shoot that hook shot. I was oh, receiving man. a vision, I was receiving you did a dream it. You in did my it. heart. Shoot that hook shot. Those are the three hook shots that I've known in my life. Shoot that hook shot. Hagen. Green and Metal Locks hook shot with a lot of lemon flavor on it. <laughs> Hallelujah. That means that I, I love you. In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. You hungry? I ain't no snitch. Let's be honest, there's 29 NBA teams and then there's a G League roster with a few stars. They have a math problem offensively. In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. Chris Mullen, a brother from another mother. <laughs> you know, we grew up together, man, in, uh, in the Bay Area along with Tim Hardaway. You know, we raised some eyebrows. Run TMC was born. Thank you again for being here with me. Thank you. In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. Fort Lauderdale, Florida, to the Basketball Hall of Fame. Wow. I never ever dreamed of this growing up in Florida. My first love was football. 
My football hero was Tony Dorsett. I didn't play organized basketball until the 10th grade, but I immediately fell in love with the game. Two of the guys I used to run with were my best friends. One kid was named 4-9. The other kid you might have heard of, Michael Irvin. Basketball soon became my vehicle for self-confidence. Off the basketball court, I was very, <laughs> I was very shy. But on the basketball court, well, that was, well, a, different that was a different story. I was confident, determined, and I felt I could do no wrong. The ball has meant everything to me. From the first time I ever picked it up, it continues to drive me and guide me to this day. I learned at an early age to respect and honor the game, and I couldn't be more excited. Be more excited. The Warriors, man. We were a tight unit. We did everything together. Coach Nelson was one of the most innovative coaches in NBA history, and he put together quite a team. Sharunas Marcelonas, a fierce competitor, pushed me every day in practice. While he was barely six feet tall, he was 190 pounds of muscle, determination, strong opinions, and always overflowing with confidence. And he certainly didn't act like a rookie. His name, Tim Hardaway. His name, Tim Hardaway. Tim Bug was a natural born leader. And the minute he arrived, he was ordering me and Mully around the court like he owned. And always overflowing with confidence. Run TMC was born, and man, did we have some and fun. man, did we have some fun. My, my mom, Ernelle O'Neal. She was my rock growing up. My best friend, my confidant, my everything. She also, she also wore, wore two, two hats. hats. Right, because of my dad, Mitch Richmond. Served in the Army, traveling all over the world, including fighting in the Vietnam War. When my dad was home, he was wonderful. He was a real positive influence in my life. And one thing I took from him, he gave me the dimples. And also my charisma, you know. But I said goodbye to my dad this last June. And I love you, Dad. And I love you, I want to thank my two brothers who are here tonight, Michael and Tony. My grandmother, Emma Thomas, who never missed any of my games. I never held it against her that her favorite player was Larry Bird. Thanks, Larry. Scrubbing each item piece by piece. In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. I stand before you on the shoulders of my ancestors, even my great-great-aunt, Perlene, who I spoke with when she was 103 years old at the time my daughter Amina was born. I will never forget what she said to me. I'm happy, I'm you, happy had you had a girl. And I inquired, why is that? Aunt Pearl said a girl would grow up and give you grandkids, and a boy would only, a boy disappoint. Would only disappoint. Aunt Pearl, I'm in the Hall of Fame. I fell in love with basketball the first time I made a basket. I learned the city game and I would play every day. There were times during the winter I would clear an area of the court with my sneakers to remove the snow so I could shoot. Along the way, there were coaches who helped me build bridges to my dream. Along the way, there were exceptional human beings, people who cared about kids. I would go on to attend the University of Tennessee. I scored 42 points as a freshman, my first game at 17 years old. I entered the NBA draft in 1977. I was drafted by the New Jersey Nets. In the fall of 1982, I became a free agent and signed a contract with the New York Knicks. I was home. I was home. I was home. New York City. What an unbelievable thrill. And to put on the same jersey as the Nick Legends I watched as a kid was indescribable. Earl the Pearl Monroe. 
A player watched growing up and was mesmerized by his uncanny moves. Willis Reed, the Willis captain. Reed, the captain. Walt Frazier, Bill Bradley, Dave the Butcher, Hart, Determination, a treasure playing a treasure for the Nets, and the great fans of New York. We are coached by one of the greatest in the game, Hubie Brown. Hubie Brown. I stood here for this moment of time because of my parents, Salman and Thomas King, who showed me the value of hard, hard work. work. I watched, I watched my, mother my mother clean our clean clothes, clothes on, a scrub, on board, a scrub board, scrubbing each item piece by piece. Hard work. She would hang the clothes on a clothesline that hung over my bed. And at night, droplets of water would land on my head. Flop. Flop. In, in parting. I woke up this morning with reflection in my heart. And I went to YouTube and I, I, I put on a video of a song that's dear in my heart. It's a gospel song by the great Marvin Sapp. And I think it's apropos for, for this moment. Titled, I Never Would Have Made It Without You. I would have lost it all, but now I see how you were there for me. When I look back at all you brought me through, I never would have made it about you. I never would have made it about you. On Perlene, I made it. I made it. Mom and Dad, I made it. I made it. Thank you. In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. Moses Malone didn't make it by himself. In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. You know, people don't know me. People always said, Moses, you know, you'd never talk to the press. I had a reason. I always liked to have my concentration when I'm about to play. The press would come in there and say, well, Mr. Malone, how do you feel about tonight's game? I said, you know, I got a job to do. I got to do it 110%. I said, you know, you got the fans side of here. And big dollar to see me perform. You know, it's hard to get in here. It's hard to get in here. Tonight is going to be an easy night for me because it's hard to get in here. I come here tonight. I retired in 1995. Back in 1995. I never thought I would be a Hall of Famer. But it's a, it's a great opportunity. But as an athlete, we never realize. Moses Malone didn't make it by himself. People don't understand it. You know, you got to look at this. It's take help. You know, you got to look at never get credit. You always got the celebrity, Hall of Fame, NBA All-Star. But the guy to help you get here needs some credit. You know, without the thousand players I played against, Moses Malone would not be here today. Moses Malone would not be here today. I need someone to give me the ball. <laughs> People have been asking me for the last three months. Moses. What are you going to say? If you can just think where Moses Malone came from, a small town, Peaceburg, Virginia, people always said, well, this young man of six foot ten would never make it. But I was six foot ten with a lot of heart. A lot of pride and determination to be the best. I can remember the time me and a friend used to go to the playground, just play basketball all night. Just had one street light playing full court. He said, dang it. You good. He said, one day, man, you're going to be worth a million dollars. I said, yeah, man. I said, you joking about that? I said, a million bucks? He said, yeah, you'll be worth a million dollars. I never gave it no thought all night because I never thought that I would be an NBA ball player all night. You know, I never thought that I would be a 12-time NBA all-star. I never thought I would be a, one of the 50 greatest players for all time. You know, 
to me, they the player that made me what I am. Because without them, Miss Malone would not be here. You know, just like a little just bit like of baby. 19 baby. years in the NBA, I'm laying on my back, drinking milk, drinking milk. One thing about a baby, they don't get back drinking milk in the league. Now, all of a sudden, I retired in 1995. I started crawling. Now, least thing a baby do is stand up. So now I'm standing up. The least thing a baby do is take that walk, take that, walk. Take that first step. So I'm going to thank y'all for letting me walk. be involved in this Hall of Fame. I'm going to take that first walk into the Hall of Fame. Thank you. In honor of Black History Month. Black In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. Any coaches had James Worthy was fortunate because he played hard. My gosh, James played unselfishly. Uh, believe how, what a competitor he is. I think Chick Hearn described that by saying "big game James," but I'm a little disappointed our Carolina people didn't think of that first. No, Jerry's the greatest judge of talent in America, I think. And when he said James will be the number one pick, uh, wow. Rod, what are you laughing about? You called me about Michael, didn't you, for the third round. Big game, James, come on up. <laughs> to, to reach this, this evening, to, to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, you have to have some skills as, as a basketball player. More importantly, it's the people along the way that nurture you. It's the people that, that were in their lives that, that made them what they are. After my high school days, I went to the University of North Carolina because of, of one reason, Coach Dean, Smith. Coach Dean Smith. He really enhanced what my parents had started for me as, as a young man. When you're recognized as being you know, the best in your hometown, or town, your city, or your city, sometimes you, you start to expect things. He came to my house, he shook my hand for a second, and that was the only interaction that I had for him. He had a conversation with my parents because he wanted to know the player's parents, how they were raising their kids. So when they were away from home and they were with him, not only did he have his philosophy, but he took a little bit of your parents and he, he, he nurtured, that. nurtured that. And I can remember him coming in and, you know, you're expecting to know how many sneakers you're going to get, how many minutes you're going to play. He calmly said, James, you come to North Carolina and I promise you that you're going to go to class. He said, unless you get a written permission from your parents, you're going to go to church your freshman year. And Everyone was treated as everyone. There was no double standing there. Coach Smith, I'd like to, to thank you. My two older brothers are here, and I got to tell you, I hated them for a long time. I was their human baby dog. Whenever they needed something, I was the guy. They were my first coaches, my first babysitters. They hated me hanging around. They were my first coaches. Look where you got me. I thank my teammates, both at the University of North Carolina. Of course, a lot of people say Michael. Jordan was the man, but I kind of, I kind of taught Michael everything he knew. I didn't teach him anything I knew. Kareem, thank you for taking me under your wing early in my career, teaching me a little bit about jazz and history uh, on the back of the bus. It was Bob McAdoo. Watched you from your North Carolina days, and he's a former North Carolinian. I like to thank you for, you know what, everything. Dad. Um. We spent a lot of time with our mom, and uh, it took a long time for me to understand the sacrifices that you made, three, four jobs, not always able to uh, attend my games. It took me a long time to understand the love that you gave to our family. 
just like to thank you. That's all I have to say. It's a, it's a noble moment. In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. That's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. My life, my career started. Civil City, Mississippi. Population. My mom and my nine siblings, we pick cotton for 12 hours a day in the cotton fields in the Delta of Mississippi. We didn't have money and food, but we sure did have a love for God. Many times we would be so hungry, so desperate, but every time God came through for our family. Somebody would walk up to us and say, Eunice, I got some beans. I got some rice. We were able to eat. From that humble beginning, my brother Leroy, he said, man, you know what? I want to come and get you and bring you up north to meet a great coach, a man by the name of Will Robinson. Will Robinson, Will Robinson was the first black coach to ever coach in NC2A history. Will Robinson adopted me and raised me along with James and Ida Bell. These people did not know about this guy was going to be a great talent or a great basketball player. It was a human, was spirit. A human spirit. And from there, we were able to win the Class A state championship. The first time the city of Detroit had ever won it in 35 years. And along the way, a young man from the Detroit Pistons who had no business playing with high school boys. Dave Bing. Right there. Dave Bing, Dave Bing would bring the Pistons over to our gym in high school and we scrimmaged the Pistons. That's the kind of love that we had on in Detroit. It was a special and wonderful love. From there, ended up in Trinidad, Colorado. Colorado. And Will Robinson said to me, well, you know, this place is close to Denver. And it's also close to Albuquerque. I didn't know because we didn't have Google. We didn't have anything. So, so I go to Trinidad in 1968. We had a black boycott of the 68 Olympics. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wesley Unsell, Elvin Hayes, Solidarity of the African-American community said, I'm not going. I'm not going. The coach said, Hank Albert said, I got a boy down there in junior college. He's only 18. We're going to bring him down here to the U.S. Olympics in Mexico City. And they brought me down there and I was like, wow. We were an underdog in 1968. We was not supposed to win. Not supposed to win. But we went 9-0 and we won the gold medal. Not supposed to win. I set a record in points with 144. The 
This guy that just came in in 2012 broke it after 44 years. Kevin Durant. Is he here? No, I'm just joking. But anyway, from there I went back to the University of Detroit, Detroit, where I was the college player of the year. 32 points, 23 boards. NBA had made a big draft pick for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And the ABA came to me calling and like knocking on the door. You're going to need help. Your family's poor. Come on, let's come with me. So here I am in Denver. Dan Issel right back there, yes. That first year in Denver, I averaged 30 points and 20 rebounds for 82 games. I was doing serious work. I became the MVP, rookie of the year, leading scorer, leading rebounder. But then MVP of I signed with Seattle. And I was still an underclassman. But I had a guardian angel in Seattle. Just like Barkley is my today's guardian angel. I had Lenny Wilkins. Yes, sir. I had Lenny Wilkins because when I signed with Seattle, the NBA filed suit against me and put an injunction on me that I could not play. That I could not play for 10 games. So I struggled and was waiting, like, what am I going to do? And then we filed suit. And we got on the floor, and when I walk on the floor, they would throw things on me and say, you're destroying basketball and college basketball as we know it for pros. But we got through it. We kept going on and on. We went through the lower court, to the state court, all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court says, I believe in I you, believe young, man, young man. Because I was fighting for my mother. My mother was still in Silver City. Mississippi picking cotton for two dollars a day. So I was able to get her off of her knees because her back had went out. <laughs> Man, cotton picking is some hard work, but it, it'll make you strong. So by doing that, I see the results of all of this hard work and what my fight was. I won't go through it all because I promise. Hard work, but it'll make you strong. To see the results today, for an example, young fella, for a guy like LeBron James. He got four extra years at $25 million. He's $100 million rich. Kevin Durant got three extra years. He's $75 million richer. Steph Curry, he's got two years, so he's got $50 million. So I see the impact and I see what I've done by the grace of God that has happened for me. And to be here in this Hall of Fame tonight is like a blessing. It's beyond me and it's wonderful. I want to acknowledge a wife of 25 years, Linda Haywood, right there. And the man who started it all, my brother Leroy, right there. I remember, guys, I had game. I had game. It was not like I just did this Supreme Court thing. I had some serious game. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you. In honor of Black History Month. Black History. In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. What would you do with a brain if you had one? I want to share with you some of the people who impacted my life and my game. My wife of 27 years, Denitri. She's given me three great kids. A boy by the name of Cameron Danley, who plays football. Why he plays football? I don't know why. I don't know why. I love all you guys. To my mother, Virginia, I can remember when she asked me, what is a rebound? What is a rebound? Now, she wants to know who should be plugging on a pick and roll. 
She instilled honesty. She instilled honesty. Loyalty. A respect for myself so I can respect others. She would say, do not embarrass yourself or me in the public. Aunt Rosie, my second mom and number one fan. To my grandmother, she would always tell me, read with the third, third eye and eye. listen with a third ear. To my grandpa, he would tell me, Adrian, you're a basketball player. You're not a track and field star. While being coached by Morgan, Frank Fuqua instructed me on my footwork. I parroted my first step after my idol, Elgin Bell. I copied Chet Walker's head and pump fakes. Everybody always went I scored a lot of points on that move. I remember as a ninth grader, meeting Red Arback, who advised me I eat it. He said, Adrian, John Hamlachat weighs 205. You should weigh 210. My best years as a player is when I weighed 210 pounds. The first college coach I met as a freshman was Coach Bobby Knight. He used me to demonstrate how to take a charge and die for loose balls. He said, if I work hard, I would be a great player. Coincidentally, my first college recruit letter was from Coach Knight when he was when at, he West, at Point. West Point. During my senior year, my mother told me, boy, boy, you going to Indiana or North Carolina? I said, hmm. What would you do with a brain if you had one? They got a guy at Indiana, Scott May, and North Carolina run the four corners. There's a slot for me, though, at Notre Dame, so I end up signing with Dicker. On the weekends, on the weekend, I would look forward to playing basketball on Luzon Playground in Washington, D.C. Afterwards, I would sit on the hill and listen to John Thompson tell stories about basketball and about life. I learned a lot. In 1976 Olympics, I had the pleasure of playing under Dean Smith. I learned to make every possession count. Cheap possessions. It must be a North Carolina thing because I hear it every day. From my boss, George Cole. A guy who helped my game at a young age, an Olympian, an All-American at St. Joe. His name was Mike Banner. He was my roommate at the University of Maryland's basketball, basketball camp. camp. We would work hard every day for a month. And at night, he predicted both of us would become a number one draft choice. Dave Bing, a fellow Washingtonian who I met when I was a rookie. He called me when I didn't make the Hall of Fame, and he called me this year to congratulate me. The road to the Hall of Fame has not been easy or smooth. I had to remain focused through the changes and the trades while constantly proving that I belong, that I belong in, this game. in this game. But I believed in myself. I didn't travel this road alone. Time won't allow me to acknowledge individually all the coaches, trainers, and many players I've come to know. Why, if I had a brain, I could play on a lot of teams. Played on a lot of teams. Throughout my playing career, the critics said I was too short, too fat, and too slow. And that meant short players get short money. And this was said by someone five foot two. I was even said that I was a bastard size. B-A-S-T-A-R-D. Because I wasn't quick enough, wasn't quick to enough play in the backcourt, not big enough to play in the front court. But what they forgot to mention is that I had a B R A I N, a brain, a heart, a work ethic, and a will to win. These values served me on the basketball court and in the game and in the game of life. This is a day that I always will cherish. Thank you. In honor of Black History. Black Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever. And that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively 
prospect and engage high value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals, and show you hidden allies so that you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash show 23 That's linkedin.com slash show 23 for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash show 23 and get started. But you're nothing until you do something for somebody else. In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. My story begins with my mother and father, Bernie and Willie McGinnis. They migrated to Indiana from Hoppersville, Alabama, looking for a better opportunity for their family. It's hard growing up in Indiana and not falling in love with the game of basketball. The year was 1956. I was six years old. Two events would change my life forever. We had our first television set. And I got to watch the nation's first all-black team compete for Indiana High School State Championship. That night, I was introduced to a young man who became not only my hero, but for every kid in our community's hero, his his name was Oscar Palmer Robinson. Big O. He played for Chris Saddix High School and uh, he won the state championship for the second time in 1956. The 1956 team was the first team to go undefeated and win a championship since that tournament began in 1911. 1911. And I can't tell you the pride we felt in our community. Yeah, that's right. The next day was a Sunday, and it seems as though every boy in our neighborhood was out shooting buckets. We all wanted to be like the Big O. He inspired me, as well as many others in our state, to play this game, and I want to thank him for that. Big O. Thirteen years later, in 1969, I was part of the second team in Indiana high school history to go undefeated and win a state championship. George Washington George High School. I was very fortunate to be named Mr. Basketball that year in 1969. And we, had, we, we fielded the all-star team of our best seniors from Indiana against a team from Kentucky. It's a game that's been going on for a lot of years. We played two games, one in Indiana and one in Kentucky. The first game, I had 23 points and 14 rebounds. I didn't think that was too bad. One of the Kentucky players was not impressed with the game I had, or me. so I didn't want to leave a bad impression on him so the next week I had 53 points and 30 rebounds. I rode back to Indianapolis with my parents and my dad he came looking for a better life he was such a hard working guy and he get to see a lot of my games he worked construction during the day and a factory during the night that night he told me how proud he was of me one of the few times he ever told me that that was one of the best feelings I ever had but tragically nine days later he was killed in a construction accident. That All-Star game was the last game he saw me play. So maybe it was God's will that I had the game that I did. I was honored to attend the great University of Indiana to play for Coach Lou Watson. I became the first sophomore in Big Ten history to lead the league in scoring and rebounding. I enjoyed my time there, but our family was struggling financially. My mother and I had a chance to sign with the Indiana Pacers. I did. I took all of my $15,000 signing bonus and put it down on a down payment on my mother's house that she still lives in to this day. And so that leads me to you, Spencer Haywood. 
You were a big reason why I was able to do that. We watched you lead that 1968 Olympic team, and it was incredible. We had never seen anything like you, my man. Coach Bobby Slick Leonard. We just called him Slick. I couldn't have picked a better team to have gone to than the Pacers to start off my professional career. You've been like a father figure to me, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate man, everything you've done for me. You have uh, been my best friend. I can come and talk to you. There are good times and bad times. You've always given me good information. I love you for that. You know, Slick always had a sense of community. So I'll never forget my rookie year. First meeting we had, he called the meeting and he said, look, I don't care how good any of you think you are. He said, but you're nothing until you do something for somebody else. But you're nothing until you do something for somebody else. I've never forgotten that. Like my real father, Slick, he taught all of us to be tough, but she also taught us to be compassionate. And I'd also like to thank all the fans who supported me throughout the years. But most of all, thank you, basketball. basketball. Thank you. In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. In honor of Black History Month. Black History Month. In 2012, I wrote a book called Boxcar to Boardroom. I had no idea that I'd be standing here one. In fact, when I wrote Boxcar, I did it for my daughter. My daughters, I don't have to know what happened in my life. And the boardrooms had me thinking, how can a person come from a railroad boxcar with 13 other people end up overseeing billion-dollar corporations? And I begin to appreciate only in America. It's a great country. I wanted my kids to know this. And know that process. I had the blessing of playing at the University of Illinois. Greatest school in the, the world. The University of Illinois. I had the good fortune to play for two of the greatest basketball teams in the, the world. Harlem Globetrotters. And I played briefly for a makeup team, the New York Duck Papers. The New York Duck And I thought... For these blessings, I've got to make the best of it. While playing with the Harlem Globetrotters, I traveled to 105 countries. Imagine this, from the railroad boxcar. I'm walking the streets of London with Prince Charles. We're giving conferences to bankers. Come from that boxcar with 13 people. I find myself in South Africa, spending time with Nelson Mandela. And quoting him in speeches as I traveled around. I go to Hazel O'Leary to China. And we're in Beijing talking about district heating, how to conserve energy. And I go on and on and say, how does a young person of color from a boxcar who thinks himself as a ball player end up influencing our society? And it tells me, it tells me we all are part of a very powerful game. Powerful game. And my dad read that I was on six Fortune 500 boards of directors. He said, you know, you're like the Black Forest Gump. You're like the Black Forest Gump. <laughs> like dad. But he went on to say, he said, you know, people from every walk of life have helped my son accomplish a lot. And I wonder tonight what he's thinking as he listens to me stand up here and stumble through this damn speech tonight. I'm concerned about our country. I don't think we'll endure if we don't cast the indifference, cast the, the hatred, and the bigotry away. And I wonder tonight what he's thinking as he listens to me stand up here and, and stumble through this damn speech tonight. But I feel good about it. I feel good about my dad. I feel good about the life I've lived. I feel good about the contributions that have been made, and I feel good the fact that I've been associated with this great game of basketball. Now, as I move to the next steps in my life, I farm this humanities center in Southern Illinois for the purpose of getting people to talk and get a sense of urgency of how important it is for us to get along, communicate with each other, and do as we do in basketball. You pull together as a team. You try to win, in our case, life or saving the planet by being one species, the human species.
in honor of Black History Month. Black History Month.